This is Truth Encounter, and our study leader Dave Wurtson reminds us of the connection between God and parents. The child's view of their parents will strongly color their opinion of God. The fifth commandment is the pivotal command in the Ten Commandments, separating our vertical responsibilities toward God and our horizontal responsibilities toward our fellow man. Dave begins our lesson today with an insight that reveals how the first century church made such a powerful impact upon the secular society of their day. The first century household of God began to revolutionize their society because they lived so different than everyone else. They were so loving. They were so right. They were so pure. They were so filled with love and enthusiasm for God that it became contagious. And part of that beauty was respect for those who are in authority. To be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Now, there is a time for civil disobedience. If our government tells us that we cannot meet together as a group of believers, what are we going to do? We're going to keep right on meeting. If they tell us that we cannot pray together, they tell us that we cannot tell others about Christ, what are we going to do? We're going to keep right on doing it because we have a higher command. But we're not going to do it in anger. We're not going to flex our muscles and say we have our rights. We're just going to obey our Heavenly Father. We're going to use skillful legal means if needed, but it will be done without any slander. Notice Paul says, to slander no one. Don't ever say anything that's not true about somebody else. Not all the ACLU are from the pit of hell. That's not true of all that organization. And it hurts the cause of Christ to make a blanket statement like that. I guarantee you, you'll probably find a born-again believer, you know, perish the thought, but I'm sure somewhere, somewhere, you'll find somebody that has a little bit different ideas about things. Don't slander. If they haven't put $6 million suit against the school system, don't ever say they have. If the police arrested a person because of of, of their danger that they were facing and because the person was creating a riot, don't say it was because of something else. In the heat of battle, in the heat of tremendous disagreement, life and death disagreement, it's hard not to slander. It's hard not to use every means in order to accomplish your objective. But as soon as you slander, we become part of the evil influence that begins to spill like acid and destroys everything. Instead, Paul says God's people are to be free from slander, to be peaceable, considerate, to show true humility to all men. How do we do that? We remember that at one time we too were foolish and disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We live in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we did, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the watching of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. You know what the secular society needs to hear? They need to hear that it's all by grace. One of the methods I'd like you to go out is, you know that? As moms and dads, we don't raise our kids in our own strength any more skillfully than anyone else. 
It's all by grace. It's all by mercy. You see, we don't obey God's Ten Commandments in our own strength. Without Christ, we disobey them. I remember one of the rules of our household when I was growing up, one of the rules that we had, is, and I've shared this with some in the past, in a northern culture, you don't say yes, ma'am, to somebody. If you ever go north, be really careful about that because that's being snotty. If I said yes, ma'am, to my mother, she'd slap me and say that's bad news. So what we had to do, we, you know, it's all a question of culture. What I had to say when my dad asked me to do something is yes, dad, or yes, mom, not yeah, dad, or yeah, which was the normal way that I liked to talk when I was about 11 or 12. And I'll never forget, man, I would, my dad would ask me to do something, and I'd go, yeah, I'll do it. My dad would repeat all over again, all over again what he wanted me to do. And i go, yeah, same thing again. He'd come at me again. David, I asked you to do so-and-so. And he would repeat it until I said, yes, dad. Oh, that hurt. Any kids identify with that? Do any of your parents make you talk like that? And there's something inside of you that goes, No, I don't want to. Where does that come from? Why did I have that? As a little 11 year as an 11 year old kid, why did I have it in my heart? Because I was born a son of Adam. I was born in rebellion. I was dead. And that's what created that. Mom and dad never taught me to say, Yeah, in disrespect. We had to learn about the power of Christ to transform us so that we would say, yes, dad, or yes, sir. And in our culture, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And to be respectful and to really mean it from deep in our soul. And what Paul begins and what the, what the writer of Deuteronomy is telling us, Moses, is that the children of God are the ones who have God coming into their life to be able to flesh out the commands of God in everyday life. Now, what does it mean? What does this command mean in the book of Deuteronomy? To honor our parents. Look at it, Deuteronomy chapter 5. And the fifth commandment says this. Honor your father and your mother. Over in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 3, it says, children, reverence your parents. The reason I mention that is that I want you to see that the, your relationship to your parent in Old Testament terminology uses the same terminology as your relationship with God. You see, in the Old Testament, it will say, like in Proverbs chapter 3, honor the Lord. Same word. The foundation of a skillful life is the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the same word. These two words are used for a relationship with parents and children. Children honoring their parents children reverencing their parents, are the words that are used for our relationship to Almighty God. Now, I want you to see the connectedness here. Children, the way that you relate to mom and dad, moms and dads, the way that you relate to your kids is integrally, integrally related to the way that they will relate to God for a lifetime. It's why it's such an incredible battlefield. You see, I learned my first understanding of what Almighty God is is my understanding of what my daddy is and the inner relationship between my dad and mom. The way my parents relate to me in some ways become my first God. In fact, to be honest with you, if, you, if we were to take your beliefs about God 
And if we were able to diagnose them and analyze them and get them all on a piece of paper and really understand, we would find out that all of you are very much controlled by your understanding of what your parent was like. And then you automatically relate that to what God is like. One of the hardest things in adult counseling is when a child has been brought up in a home where mom and dad aren't like God at all. Where mom and dad exercise authority, but it's not like God's authority. There's no grace in it. There's no mercy in it. There's no giving of themselves in love. And that child, as they grow older, begins to think that God is demanding and, and you can't understand what he's about doing it. It's, he's unjust and unfair and you never know what's going to happen and he's just as haphazard as mom and dad used to be. There's many people that are not in church worshiping God because they're angry with their parents, but they've related it to anger with God. They're not really angry with God. They don't even know who God is because mom and dad messed it all up. Now on the positive note, What needs to happen in our church family? The Scripture is telling us that we need to be as parents. You see, it's easy as parents to say, children, obey your parents. You need to obey me. The harder question is, what kind of a parent am I asking them to obey? You see, if you're not in covenant relationship, if you're not day by day, Monday through Saturday, not just Sunday morning, but if you're not Monday through Saturday living in relationship with Christ, allowing Christ to to produce a, a life of integrity, a life of honesty, a life of forgiveness, a life that's willing to admit mistakes, a life that makes you love your kids, then they're not going to honor you. They're going to have very deep feelings of resentment against you. And it's very important for them as they grow in Christ to learn to be able to respect and honor the position of a parent. But if the parent isn't like Christ, they're going to have to do the very delicate balancing act of being able to respect the God-given role of a parent, but understanding that mom and dad don't fit that role at all. I would call, as we think about the fifth commandment, I'm calling for renewal of all of us as parents. Being away all the time. Being totally enmeshed in our work. Always not being there is not going to work. You can't tell a friend that every time your friend invites you to do something with him, would you play tennis with me? Would you go to get something to eat with me? Would you please go to a ball game with me? If you have a friend that every time you ask them to do something with you, they say no, what do you think about that friendship? It is zilch. If we find ourselves doing that with our kids, we are telling your kid, our kids, I don't love you. I really don't like you. I really don't want to be your friend. It's the worst thing you can do to your child. And it suddenly happens. It's not just a given that those precious little ones that we hold in our arms, that mothers nestle at their breasts. It's not a given that we love them until they leave home. And then we love them for a lifetime. It's not just a given. There's tremendous forces that can begin to cause you not to like that child at all. There's tremendous forces of darkness that seek to suck closeness away from that child. As part of the household of God, I call us. The greatest need is fathers and mothers who are like God and like the dear Lord Jesus and like the Holy Spirit 
in the tender way that they love their kids. And kids that are raised in those kinds of homes of gracious, godlike love will not have as much trouble with honor and respect. I also want to challenge you, our Heavenly Daddy loves us enough to set the boundaries. He loves us enough to tell us we need to obey those in our authority. And I want to challenge every one of you as moms and dads, have the courage, like Billy's mom and dad, to say you will not go out in the boat by yourself. Just let them do whatever they feel like because they're now out of your hair. Your teenagers are going to yell and scream and squawk and they're going to stamp their feet and they're going to they're just make those fists get tight. Man, everybody lets them... I mean, my other parents, they just don't have any, any rules at all. They let their kids... They trust their kids. They believe in their kids. They don't think their kids really need guidance. You don't trust me. Or you'd let me stay out all night long. Please don't listen to that baloney. Kids, I'm sorry. (laughs) Life is too dangerous. It's too dangerous to go out on a boat all by yourself until you're ready. I also want to say to parents, moms and dads, through those adolescents, slowly but surely, you're opening those controls through very skillful training, more and more you're getting them ready so their first year in college, they're ready to fly by themselves. They're ready to find a church family in their new location because they're in love with God. They're ready to find their believing friends. They're ready to make wise decisions. They know how to make their bed. They know how to get up in the morning. They know how to make meals. They know how to take care of their clothes. Moms, please don't run a hotel. Your kids will never respect you. It's part of their training, moms and dads, to learn how to live on their own. And so it's a delicate balance as our kids move through adolescence, moving from learning to honor God, learning to obey God, learning to make that transfer from the childhood obedience and honor to parents to the adult honor and obedience to God. I want to say something else. You know, this command, when it was given, so far the way I've talked about it is the way all of us take it. But you know, in the Old Testament, you know what this command really meant? And some of you in our family of believers have so beautifully expounded this. It says in this text, honor your father and your mother. You know what the word honor means? You see, you need to honor your parents and I need to honor my parents for a lifetime. You obey them for a childhood. You honor them for a lifetime. You know what the word honor means? It means to treat with importance. There's verses in the Old Testament that say that a child should be stoned for treating his parents lightly. And another Hebrew word that will be used there is to disdain them, to spurn them. In the book of Matthew, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they accused Jesus of not obeying the Ten Commandments, of not calling his disciples to obey the law. And the Lord Jesus put his finger on this law, honor your father and your mother. He said this to the Pharisees, you teach, honor your father and your mother. And yet when adult children come to you and they've taken a large sum of money and they have dedicated it to the temple, 
They have said on a piece of paper, this money will be used for the temple. They're not really using it for the temple, but it's laid away so that it could be used for the temple. You give those adult children the right to say to parents that have need, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm sorry, I can't meet your need. I'm sorry, I just don't have the resources. And Jesus put his finger on that horrible hypocrisy and says with the traditions of men, You have fractured the law of God. And what Jesus was telling us is that the phrase honor your father and your mother means that as our parents grow older, as our parents become weaker in their physical bodies, a godly society, a godly family of God, the household of God, you know what it does? It's not like some of the Indian cultures that when the teeth break and the teeth crack, and they can no longer chomp the corn down in the days before popcorn. When they can't gum enough food down, then you just put them out in the cold. The Bible comes along and says we never do that. And some of you have been tremendous examples. Some of you have gone to visit parents every single week, sometimes every single day, and you have fed them and you have ministered to them, and some of them hardly even knew you. And I want to say, great is your reward in heaven. And thank you for the power of your example. That's what honoring your parents means. Our whole Christian faith is built on giving and loving and serving those who are weak. And I want you to know that I've left hospital rooms with some of you and on the the way back in the car I've cried. Because in my own life, I never really had to go through that with my own physical parents. My mom was weak all of her life and she was in the hospital all of her life and then suddenly she was well for about 15 years. She was stronger than she'd ever been. She was sharper. She was more keen in conversation. She was more fun than she'd ever been the whole time I was alive. And then suddenly, just like that, she was taken away without any time in a convalescent home, without any deterioration hardly at all, except for the normal process of aging. But some of you have had precious, precious parents who physical disease sucked strength and really made it tough. And I want to go on record that Deuteronomy and the New Covenant is coming to us and says that We need to be those who care for those that are older. We respect them. We honor them. We love them. We give them cherished places of praise. And we care for them as they have need. We respect their individuality. We never take over things that they can do for themselves. And we motivate them to run strong to the Lord calls them home. But when there is need... We treat them heavy. We treat them with deep importance. The meaning of honor and obedience doesn't end just with a childhood. It goes on through a lifetime. I want to close by just talking about, it's so obvious. You notice it says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. Now, I don't expect the secular society, I don't expect CBS, to be putting a great big special this coming week on honor your father and your mother. I'm really not expecting that. But we're in a free country. But I want you to notice something. 
God's children need to remember, God didn't say, honor your father and your father's boyfriend. I want you to see something else. It doesn't say, honor your mother and your mother's girlfriend. I want you to see that it doesn't say, honor your father. and It doesn't say, honor your mother. Now, God will be very gracious. Some of you are in single-parent households. Timothy was raised, for the most part, in a divided household. And he became a great man of God. And I would never want to communicate to any of you who find yourself in a single household and it's the last thing you wanted. You are in a place of acceptance, a place of love, a place where I pray there will be a a lot of big brothers that will fill in those gaps or a lot of big sisters that will fill in those gaps. And that's why you need to be in the family of God. But I also want to underscore this. God's plan, His skillful blueprint, is father and mother. I look back over raising our kids. If it was up to me to raise our kids... They would be a mess. They would have gotten away with everything. They would have been able to twist me. I'm the most gullible, naive, accepting, open person you've ever met. You all know that, right? You know, I want to be nice. If it was up to me to raise our kids, they would be basket cases. But I've got a great, great helpmate. And Mary is not gullible. And she doesn't take any you-know-what. I expect the total best. Mary expects the total worst. You know what happens when Daddy and Mommy get together on that? Then kids go away from home and they say thanks. Because there's balance. Daddies look at things one way, moms look at it another. Mommies tend to be scared to death of letting their kids grow up and be adults. Daddies tend to say, what's the big deal? Let them do whatever they want to do. What a balance it makes. When mom and dad, fathers and mothers work as a team, it produces grace and beauty. God comes to his household and he says, fathers and mothers, be godly. Be Christ-like. Be an example. Live the kind of a life every single day that your kids will never be able to say, I know mom and dad were just a hypocrites. You want your kids to be able to say, my mom and dad made some mistakes, but one thing I know, they love the dear Lord Jesus with every fiber of their being and they try to apply what they believe. Kids, Everyone else is going to be rebelling. It's part of society. Don't disobey. Don't disrespect. Why? Because I don't want to have any teenage funerals because you disobeyed, because you're out too late. I don't want any of you kids, boys or girls, to get in trouble sexually and have to get into relationships way too deep because it's too, you're not ready yet. Don't disobey your parents. When that little voice starts to say, boy, I know this isn't right. I know this isn't what mom and dad want. I know this is against the teaching I've received. Cry out to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, help me to stand against the society and do what is right. And I tell you that, kids, because I love you. I want you to live long. 
If Jesus doesn't come back, Jesus does want to give us long life and joy and happiness. Let's pray together that we'll resist the call of the evil one. The secular society will self-destruct because of the apathy and absence of parents. The rebellion of children and the resulting deadly diseases and misfortunes that follow from moral anarchy. God's family of believers must model the goodness of his family plan and proclaim the delivering gospel to this crumbling, unbelieving world. The proclamation of law without gospel produces the anger of despair. The proclamation of gospel yields the life-giving power to live right, beginning with our homes. My older brother, Don, and I had the privilege of ministering together down in Word of Life, Florida, and how much we appreciated meeting so many of our Truth Encounter listeners that listened down in the Tarpon Springs area and the Tampa and St. Pete area. And one of the things they asked us, uh, one of the afternoons on Thursday, we were able to get together with about eight or 900 of, of the senior citizens that uh, were able to gather at Word of Life. And they asked us the question, what do you, what do you attribute the, the reason that your family has all gone into the Lord's work and love the Lord and been committed to him? And I was able to share that it was dad's consistency. But I'll never forget that my older brother was sharing that even though as, as a man and he grew up that he didn't agree with everything that dad said, and yet he always appreciated the fact that dad always acted consistently with what he believed the word of God was saying. And I thought, what a tribute to a dad. Boy, if ever there comes a time when it's the Lord's calling me home to heaven, I trust that my sons will be able to say and my daughter will be able to say, here was a dad who always acted consistently with what he believed the Word of God was saying. As we finish our study of honor your father and your mother, I pray that each one of us, its dads and moms, will take very seriously the importance to have integrity in our obedience to the Savior.